I think I'm playing chess, I see a king, I'm at his neck I'm three steps ahead of every move, now that's a check Yes, they wanna know my secret, it's because I never slept what is up, everybody? Fernando Pitti here, UVO Group, UVO Real Estate Group, right here in the studio. What's up, Alan? How you doing, bro? What up, man? Joined today by my co-host, Alan Kantarovich. What is up, everybody? Here we go again. There we go. And today we have a special guest in the building. We do. Uh, one of our newest agents, yep. Michelle Willis. Hey. hey. <laughs> Okay, audience. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because Alan and I, we used to do this all the time, and then we, we kind of slowed down on them, and, and we, we were, like, running out of stuff for you and I to do because a yeah. lot of the agents just weren't really down for it. Yeah. A you lot of them were, were, were afraid to get on there. Yeah. And that's why I just mentioned, like, I'm so happy that you are cool with this because I love producing content. This is, like, what the fuck I love to do. Yeah. And, and you, too. Uh-huh. But it's, like... It's so boring. It was just me and Alan 24-7. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we got to have, we gotta have <laughs> what some, are we talking about? <laughs> we gotta have some culture in here and something else. So I'm happy that you're here. And uh, dude, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. Um, no, I, I, I like being in front of the camera. I'm, I'm used to being in front of big crowds and stuff. I um, have a background of performing um, vocally. I'm a singer. Oh, <laughs> I had no idea. I don't idea. know if you guys know that. Okay. Yeah, we're going to so, need some vocals from you for sure. Okay, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the sound is not bad with these mics. So you no, probably sound really good. good in here. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, but, but tell me a little about yourself because you are, are you from Salt Lake originally? Um, I like to say I'm from Salt Lake because yeah. I've lived most of my life here. Um, I was born in Palo Alto, California. And then before I even turned one, my family moved to Tonga. So Tonga. For those who don't know, <laughs> um, it's a Polynesian island in the South Pacific. So we lived there for five years. Um, we were just going to go over there to vacation, yeah. you know, for vacation. My dad fell in love with the place. He uh, was Caucasian. Um, anyways, he fell in love with the place, um, and we ended up staying there for five years and then moving here afterwards. And then I've, I've been here in, in Utah ever since. Yeah? Yeah. How do you like it in Utah? Um, I love it. It's underrated. I didn't really appreciate it at first because all of my family, my cousins and everything were um, all in California. Yeah. So we'd fly over there all of the time uh, to hang out with them. And they were just like so cool. We wanted to be like them. So we wanted to live in California and we always had fun over there. But as I've, you know, grown um, in Utah, I've just really you know, learn to appreciate the place. Yeah. I mean, you've got scenery, you've got so many places that you can um, do outdoors things. Like the mountains are literally like 10, 15 to 30 minutes away. Yeah. Like you don't have to go very far to do outdoors, like really fun stuff. Lakes are everywhere. That's really fun. You could do that during the summer. And then during the winter times, you can go skiing, sledding, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff that you can do here in Utah. I came to Utah when I was like, three four years old the first time mm -hmm. back to vegas california vegas utah just bounced all over from here in, in vegas and uh i didn't really like utah at first because i felt like it was such a bubble people mm -hmm. were, and especially compared to vegas like back dude, then yeah right yeah dude, it was wild uh but then after being here and becoming an adult and becoming independent and being able to go and enjoy the things that utah has to offer like mm -hmm. dude, utah's I would say it's definitely one of the best places I agree. to oh, be yeah. and live and, and raise a family. Well, which um, is no surprise that people are coming here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we're just, we appreciate it. And going back to what you said, spot on with me as well, growing up, I didn't really appreciate it. Right. And I was always that guy going out to California every yeah. couple of years going, I'm going to live here one day. I'm going to live here, you know? Yeah. 
because I want to be with the cool the cool kids and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, here was more very you know closed, right? And over there was just more different. It's a, a different vibe completely. Yeah. But as I got older, I really appreciated it a lot more. And even when I do go out of town, like I went to California maybe what two months ago. I think we, I went to San Diego. I'm like, damn, like, I love Utah. It made me appreciate it. after a couple of days. I'm like, dude, I can't wait to go back home. Yeah. I love Salt Lake that much. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think another thing is that back then, a lot of people's priorities was to look cool, be cool, know all of the slang, know all the new music that's coming yep. out. Like you had to dress nice. That's what made people back then. And so yeah. that's what, but I think like, as people are growing older and it's 2022 now, everyone is starting to understand now that it's important to have something for yourself. Yeah. Like you need to grow your name too, not just your looks. Yep. Um, you need to have something for yourself. And Utah has that, like Utah has a great community. And I tell this to people all the time, especially people who are looking to move into uh, Utah. They want to know what the vibe is about and they want to like start something new for themselves. I'm like, Utah's a great place for that because it's so community based and it always has been. Yeah. Um, and now too, like, People who start businesses in Utah, like you just put a hashtag on your post on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, like a Utah business, Utah local business and stuff yeah. like that. People follow pages like that uh -huh. because they want to support local businesses. Yeah. And that's what Utah's about. Like, and I think that's, that's amazing. So if you're want to make, wanting to make something of yourself, Utah's a, an amazing place to do that. And not only that, but it has an amazing economy. I think the number one economy yeah, in the U S right. Yeah. Um, and uh you know the rate of unemployment is the lowest yeah. um it's just an amazing it's, it's just yeah tax laws are good too so yeah i'm all for utah yeah i was waiting, <laughs> I, I was, I was waiting for the the the, put, the punch where she's like uh if you're looking to buy or sell or move here to utah hey, call that's, me the, that's the point of this podcast so like, <laughs> they, they know like they it. know the deal they know the deal i like it that's cool we'll give you a plug at the end <laughs> <laughs> but, but even when it comes down to the whole real estate, because we had a meeting this morning, actually, right. with uh, with Aaron, and just going over the stats, you know, across mm -hmm. the country, what prices are projected to do and, and homes are projected to do, whether they're going to go up in value, down in value, et cetera. And Utah is one of those places where we should not be affected at all. Right. Like, we, I feel like we have such a strong community, I mean, such a strong um, community here in Utah. And um, our economy is just so really so good mm -hmm. that I feel like we'll be good. Whatever were to, you know happens, whether rates go up or down, makes no difference. Mm -hmm. I think we'll be we'll, we'll be good here in Utah. So yeah. it's definitely a great place to invest oh, or yeah. live or anything really. Yeah, I mean Silicon Slopes yep. speaks for itself. So much development happening here, like Tooele. Like we never would have thought of going to Tooele. Like I know. we're just like Tooele, Tooele, Tooele. Like, where the hell is that? Yeah, but now it's like a, such a huge place yep. now. So many people are moving there, and there's so much more development happening in that area. And as you go down towards Provo too, like before, I always thought like Provo. Who goes to Provo? Just a lot of Mormons. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, but now, like, it's a really popular uh -huh. place. Lehigh, Provo, and then even past that is starting to grow to Santa Quinn. Um, it's still kind of far for some pre some people, but it's like that name is becoming more known. Yeah, Santa Quinn. Well, it's still it's affordable, you know, because the thing is, yeah. a lot of people that are moving here from, let's say, California, for uh -huh. example, uh -huh. they're already used to driving typically an hour, hour and a half. Like mm -hmm. we have family that are like, oh yeah, it's oh yeah, it's normal. We drive an hour and a half to work mm -hmm. each day. I'm like, man, that would suck. Right. So I feel like the people that are moving here they're okay with that. Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us that have been here a long time. We're like, Oh, I don't want to drive, live more than half an hour away from my work, you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's so like every city is so accessible here yeah. in Utah. Everything, yeah. You just hop on the freeway 
and then you, you just like drive 20 miles and you can get from Salt Lake City, like 20 minutes. You get from Salt Lake City to like Lehigh. That's probably like oh, more, more like 30 minutes. Oh, but no, 20 all day. Yeah. yeah. And then 20 minutes north and you're past pro, like Bountiful, Centerville uh-huh. and all of it. Like you're in Farmington already. Lagoon is over there. Everything is so accessible. Yep. Everyone, just buy real estate over here. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> hit me up, though. <laughs> there we go. I was waiting for that one. Very nice. So uh, I want to talk about you a little bit because uh, we spoke, I would say, about, it was about a year ago? Close yeah. To, about yeah. a year ago, huh? Yeah, about that, a year yeah. ago, and, and uh-huh. you, you were looking to, uh, um, you're just exploring options, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that, that you're here now. Like, Alan and I both talked about me it. Too. Really happy and grateful that you're here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you for considering UVO Group. Thank um, you for considering me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so speaking of you, of you specifically, I mean, what what got you into real estate? I mean, what, why did you want to do it? Because you've been an agent for a couple of years now. I mean, how do yeah. you? Um, honestly, I've wanted to be a realtor since I first started renting my my own place, and I was probably like nineteen, twenty at the time. So I rented my own place. Um, and then as I got speaking with the landlord and everything, I, I just, it started like clicking in, in my head. I'm like, I'm paying the landlord because they're the homeowners. I'm like, they're, you know, they're obviously making a profit off of this just because they own this home. So I started thinking like, okay, so how does this real estate thing work? How do I get into a position where I can own a home um, and then rent it out myself? And I, you know, there was a lot of like missing pieces there that, you know, I didn't know. So I'm like, okay, well, obviously I, I there's a lot that I need to learn. So I was like, I want to be a realtor. At the time, I was like easily influenced. I was very young. I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, um, and so like I would kind of like look to people around me for support, um, like giving them my, my ideas. Like, hey, I'm like thinking about being a realtor. I think that sounds really cool. Um, and then it, it, it would get shut down. And then yeah. I would kind of like shelf the idea. But, you know, I was I was married at the time. I got divorced like four years later. And then once I started learning that I can take care of myself, I can make decisions for myself. And I'm really good at taking care of myself. So I started trusting myself more, trusting my ideas more, trusting my decisions more. And so finally I was just like, dude, I'm, I'm gonna be a realtor. And so, um, I did, um, I was selling insurance for a while. So I kind of got the hang of sales, um, commissions and things like that. And I was like, dude, if I can sell that, I can, you know, I should, you know, I, I, I think I got the basics. I can learn how to sell, you know, bigger things. And I was like, okay, what do I need to do to do that? Anyways, I, I finally bought the course, um, at Stringham and then, um, yeah, it was just, now I'm here, you know? Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're here. Now, now we're here. So inspiring. So motivational. Oh my gosh. No, that's pretty cool because you did share a little bit about your story back then mm-hmm. and, and the position that you were put in after you got divorced. Mm-hmm. And and I know a little bit more about what you just shared with everybody here. Um and uh you told me that when you, you talk about trusting yourself and your decision right. making and and when you told us about the decision or the position you were in you talked about doing whatever it took to the point where you were just riding your bicycle to every oh my every, gosh you everywhere. remember that yeah story? of course yeah that, that's yeah okay okay so i'll talk about that story a little bit so when i got divorced uh we were renting you know this town home and we had one car and my ex-husband he took the car and i was left with a bunch of bills and i was left with um I only had one job because I was mostly a stay-at-home mom at the time. 
So I have two kids. Um, anyways, I was working part-time at Vasa. Um, so like very little, it was almost minimum wage. So I worked with my landlord, um, and any, and everything. I told her, I'm like, I, I can't afford rent, like, you know, all up front, but I can save up and like, you know, I can pay you in pieces throughout. And I was making probably like $300, $300 something dollars every two weeks. Wow. Yeah. It was, all, it was wow. almost nothing. Luckily I had like a really good friend who would take me to school, um, for dental assisting. Anyways, I realized that I needed to make money. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I need to pay these bills, damn yeah. it. And I need a car, yeah. obviously, because I didn't have one. I didn't have any money. So I was like, okay, I need I need a really good job that's gonna you know, get me something, um, but I don't want a minimum wage job. So I need to be certified in something. First thing I thought was dental assisting. There's a dental um, office that was right down the street from my house. And um, they did like biological dental stuff, really cool stuff. I'll tell you all about it. I, I can go on and on for days about the things that I've learned. They're so amazing. Anyways, and I knew that about that dental school. So I already pictured Envision in my mind. I'm like, okay, I'm going to work there. They didn't even know who I was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to work at that place. And um, so I told my landlord that. And I was like, okay, I found a school, which I did some research. I did work with the state. Um, and I talked to like DWS and I feel like that's what they're for. Like, you know, when you're in a tough spot and you need to get out, you know, you can use them as a stepping stone. So uh, I, I went, yeah, resource, like great resource. I went and talked to them and I said, Hey, um, I want to, you know, go to school. I want to get this certification so I can start working here. Um, and they were like, okay. And so which school do you want to go to? I started researching schools. I found a school that was like, you know, the fastest, like quick pay school. It was like a five week course. And normally I think it takes like a few months to get the, the thing. Anyways, I took the course. Um, my friend, bless her heart, took me to school every day. She gave me a ride. Um, so I did that for five weeks. And I, throughout all of this, I'm talking to my landlord, working everything out, still going to my job, which was like two blocks away. So sometimes I would walk there. <laughs> and then um, anyways, finally, I got my certification. I went and um, interviewed at the job and I did a two week, um, what's it called when you Apprentice? work for free yeah. <laughs> or yeah. your internship. internship. Yeah. So I did that for two weeks and then, um, they gave me the job. And so, like I said, they didn't know who I was, but I got the freaking job. Yeah. So I, like, I envisioned it. I saw it. I did the steps that I needed to do to get there. I got there. I started making the paychecks. And so I, I was paying my landlord. I saved up a little bit. My first paycheck that I got from over there, though, I went to Walmart and I bought a little beach cruiser um, bike. It was like 80 bucks. And then I got a little, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, not a stroller, it's a like, wagon. Yeah to, yeah, to get your groceries and everything. Yeah, no, 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 no. like a, a thing, like a, um, a trailer. Yeah, a trailer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I hooked that up to my bike. And in the morning when I would get ready for work, I'd get my kids ready for school. I'd pop them in the little trailer thing and then I'd ride them over to school. <laughs> they loved it. I was yeah. a little embarrassed, but they freaking loved it. And all the other kids at school, when I was dropping them off, they would like look at their parents like, why can't we ride a bike? Yeah. <laughs> so they loved it. So I would drop them off to school. And then from there I'd ride my bike to work which was down the street. And then I did that for a little while while I like, you know, saved up, yeah. finally got my first car. It was like a crappy little car, but I had got a freaking car. Go. That's good. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just, it was, yeah. So it's just been working, 
working and envisioning and and everything ever since then. So that's badass. I yeah. like that story. Yeah. I like. Don't you like that story? Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, a lot of people in situations like that. They, I mean, we know quite a few of them actually. They, uh, you know, they they go down a different path in life to pay their bills because they don't believe in themselves enough to, yeah. you know, right. uh, I guess support themselves the right way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, kudos to you. And I I feel like we 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 do that on the team. Alan and I kind of have a soft spot for single mothers you know what i mean and yeah. I, I was a my mom you know single mom grow, growing up with her uh alan's dad's always working 24 70s probably kind of a single mom situation I'd probably see him on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh no I, I and i love hearing stories like that right and so that's why i wanted you to share that um because you kind of glaze over it and i really i think it's important for people to hear that yeah. you know what i mean especially women who are in that position where they're their backs against the wall mm-hmm. and and they don't know that sometimes they just go get a fucking bicycle from walmart yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean and mm-hmm. not have to rely on anybody um but that's awesome so dude good for you you know for, you. For, for pulling yourself out of that situation um well on top of that here i want to touch up on that a little bit is um i love the fact that you said that you set a target you set what your goal was and then you worked towards it. I feel like right. too many people are just kind of coasting through life, hoping and praying stuff is going to work out, mm-hmm. but you have to be able to vision it. But I mean, envision it and see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm all about manifesting. I've had a lot of crazy stuff happen when it comes down to manifesting. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Whoa, I yeah. talked about this years ago and here it is. It came to fruition. So I'm a firm believer of you got to have, yeah. you got to set your goal, whatever that may be, whether it's amount of money, whether it's mm-hmm. amount of people you want to help, amount of deals you want to close, whatever that might be, set that goal and have it be a constant reminder for you to hold yourself accountable every single day until you achieve that goal. Because otherwise, if you don't do that, you're just kind of like winging it, hoping and praying Mm -hmm. it'll work out. Yeah. You you and I both know that won't. Right. Well, you got it because it it, it can be hard. Like that situation, obviously, it was was really hard for me. Um, But every day I had to remind myself, like, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I am going to get there. And so I'm, I just have to do this stuff now until, you know, I get there. And yeah. then it's, you know, whatever, whatever after that, yeah. like the sky's the limit after that. So it was, that's what kept me going every day was just remembering that. Pain is temporary. temporary. We yes. all know that, and mm-hmm. especially mental as well. Cause I remember, I'll give you a little example of when I was remodeling my home last year. And I remember month after month after month after month, and it began taking a big toll on me mentally mm-hmm. where I remember talking to my dad, I think it was about a month or two before we were done. And I'm like, damn, like, is this ever going to end? Is it ever going to end? And then I began seeing it all just kind of come together. And I'm like, I can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. But the thing is, you got to stick with it. Because I feel like too many people, they quit right when something big is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Whether you're completing a remodel, whether you've been calling leads for a whole month and you haven't converted anything. And next thing you know, you quit. But if you would have kept going that next day or two, you would have got that next appointment. We talked mm-hmm. about that. What did I text you last night? What? I said, and, 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 and we won't mention it, but, you know, some, some of the agents that we spoke to in the past, um, actually yesterday, we, we, we talked to somebody yesterday, um, where you could tell that they were not frustrated, but just kind of, uh, they didn't know what to expect after only calling leads for a few days or whatever. Um, and they you, lost motivation. Yeah, yeah, you can see yeah. it go away quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that people need to realize that, like, don't quit before you strike yeah. gold. You know what I mean? Like right. people do that too. They, they just, they give it too quickly. Well, you got to be consistent with the two. And that was the conversation I had as well. It's like, oh yeah, I'll call them today. And then I'll call them in a couple of days after. And then a couple of days after. The thing is, you got to stay consistent right. when it yeah. comes down to it. I'm talking about if you're in the office Monday to Friday, 
make it a habit. Mm -hmm. Monday through Friday, block out a certain amount of time. I'm prospecting that during that time. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what, no compromising. Because right. the reality is, if you call today, it's like going to the gym. Right. We, we, we both know. If you mm -hmm. don't go every day, you're not going to do it. Right. You go one day, one day you don't. One day you do, you're half-assing it. You're mm -hmm. only kidding yourself at the end of the day. And then you're, go you're not going to hit your goals. You're not. And no. the thing about Century 21 and UVO Group, too, is you have so many examples of what it looks like at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. Like, so many people here are making, uh, you know, over $500,000, yeah. $200,000 over that. Like, that's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But everyone's telling you the blueprint, the formula. Follow every it. single day. Just I mean, you've got it. those trainings every single day. They just okay. tell you the same thing every single day. As long as you follow this formula, you're going to be where I am. Yeah. You're going to be right here. And you're, you're here already. Just get started and just keep doing it. And I promise you, you'll get to where I am right now. And, um, and I love that. Like, and I trust that too. Cause I, I see it. Like, it's not just one person who's like trying to sell a bunch of people something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of people. It's like, almost every single person who's here unless you're like brand new and you're you know you're learning or whatever um almost every single person is highly successful and everyone's doing the same thing yeah. and you know in their own ways you know they tweak it uh tweak it to their own ways and towards their like personality or whatever but everything's everyone's doing that same thing and a lot of it is it just comes down to consistency and doing that same thing every single day yep, every day yep yep yeah what's that uh uh Proxi proximity is power. Proximity is power. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. hang out with. Yeah, they mm -hmm. they they preach that a lot here at the brokerage, and but it's so, so true. I love the fact yeah. that they have so many top producing agents where you're able to look at them as a shiny object and go, "Hey, I want to be like him, or I want to be like her," which is absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Well, and then you see that they're here. They come here. Yeah, they're here every day. Yeah, they're here every yeah. day, and so you know that you're in a good spot. Yeah. You know that the, you're where you you need to be because if that person who's already making like hello money is <laughs> yeah. still coming to the same spot every day like you're in the right place and you should be utilizing the same resources that that person is utilizing yeah yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> homeboy poke his head in <laughs> we, 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 gotta get the, we gotta get the ac fixed so we can get the door closed uh anyways um yeah no you're right and, and that's why we came back Really, really, literally, what why why UBO Group came back to C twenty one is because we saw that we went elsewhere mm -hmm. to other places, and I don't want to make this an ad about C twenty one, but um, yeah, but why not? But but do, <laughs> but do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, oh, like it, yeah. we saw it. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's a lot of brokerages that 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 have a lot of smoke and mirrors. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And then you get there, and then you see the culture, and you're there over time, and you start to really get to see the amount of support that they offer and that you're paying for essentially yeah and uh um it just makes a whole lot more sense to be at a company like this where everybody here is working towards the same goal mm -hmm. and you're right you know and these guys don't have to share their stories of success yeah. and they don't have to give you their formula but they do mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool because they're not getting paid for it yeah <laughs> you know not, yeah I mean? it's true yeah when they when they do those classes in the morning it's like these guys are getting paid for that. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's good to be in a, in a place but where they, they truly want to help. Yeah. They truly yeah. want to, that's the beauty I love about it is people are genuinely wanting to mm -hmm. you to succeed. That's mm -hmm. the reality of it. It's like, we all want to succeed and we all want to push each other instead of it's me against you, you against me. You know? Yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole different vibe. You yeah. Know? And this could totally sound like a sales pitch for century 21 <laughs> or for anyone's brokerage who's talking about it, like, you know, this heavily, but if you think about it, like the kind of person who's going to appreciate something like that is the kind of person who sits down and takes inventory of the of what they want in their life, like what they want their environment to be, what kind of people you want in your life. 
And you have to think about that. Like, and I'm not saying like, hey, you guys, if if you're an agent or, you know, if you're not an agent, uh, go get your license and join Century 21. I'm saying like, you know, if you if you care about yourself, if you care about your career and if you want to go far, like take inventory of uh, of where you are, where you spend most of your time, who you spend most of your time with and think to yourself, like, how is that? You know, how are those people? How is that environment? How is it helping you? You got to think about that. You really got to think about it. And once you do, you start checking, you know, checking those boxes or not checking those boxes, you, you'll come to realize whether you're in the right place or not. So. Right? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> little, little breakaway. I like that. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so you said you had two kids. Yeah. How old are they? Mm -hmm. So my daughter, Nayana so freaking okay i'm obsessed with my kids okay so i'm just like bear with me if i start to gush a little bit but like my daughter she's eight years old and she wants to sell houses when she's older oh, <laughs> <laughs> she's a firecracker she's a boss and sometimes i have to be like whoa 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 because she'd be bullying her little brother sometimes but anyways um she likes to sing like she is not scared to get up on stage and sing in front of everyone i don't know if the you guys don't follow me on Instagram, I don't think. You guys better follow I, I me followed, on Instagram. <laughs> I followed you yesterday. You did? Did you? Yeah. Okay, I'll have to go back and add you back. Um, wait, wait, you deleted me? What? You said add you back. No, like I'm add just you back. You, <laughs> you freaking, <laughs> freaking Alan. Um, but anyways, like last year for a talent show, I always push them towards you know to do stuff like that. But she went on stage and she sang the Moana song. Like, Omatayamatangi. Oh my gosh. It was the sweetest thing. And the whole room was quiet and they listened to her. And oh, she cool. like hit every single part like perfectly. And she just had everyone, like she captured everyone's attention. Ugh, I just love her. So that's Ayana. And then um, her little brother. Um, so my son's name is Roman. He's the sweetest little gentleman ever. Yeah but he clashes heads with Nayana. He's six years old, by the way. Um, they clash heads a lot because he wants so badly to be a caretaker. Like he, he loves taking care of people. He's so considerate. He, um, he just loves and looks up to Nayana, but Nayana is so annoyed of him <laughs> like all the yeah. time. So anyways, it's, it's, it's really sweet. And he's like, he's just like always every two seconds. He's like, mom. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I love you. And I'm like, you too. <laughs> <laughs> it just melts my heart every single day. So yeah, I have awesome. a I have a boy and, and two girls, and there's just brother sister feud that I think uh -huh. just comes naturally, like yeah. dogs and cats. Yeah, and they're always at each other's throats, oh man. It's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you just learn to kind of just step back and let it happen because siblings just they just be like that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. well, I'm in for a treat then, right? Yeah, oh, I, I you got a boy in the way. I got a boy in the way. Yeah. We're about, what, three, three, three and a half months, I think. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, we have one girl and then now one boy. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, do the applause. Yeah, we're getting old. <laughs> 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 I know, right? <laughs> we're getting old. Hey, but it's awesome. When it comes down to it, yeah. like you said, yeah, your kids are everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I love it. I love my favorite part right now, it, where I'm at right now in my life, is being a dad. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. it's awesome. Like, there's yeah. no better feeling than that. Everything else just is secondary when it comes down to it but that is right. the number one thing mm -hmm. they teach you so much though like yeah. the biggest growth that happens in your life is when we when you become a, a parent 
I, I would say. Patience, yeah. huh? Yeah. Oh. Oh, so much patience. And then yeah. you learn so much about yourself too. Yeah. Because you have to, like I said, like take inventory of yourself because you start to see like the little things that, because they're little sponges, you start to see the things that they pick up. And so you're like, that, I don't like that they're doing that. Yeah. But that's, I do that. Yeah. They're doing what I do. And so you're like, okay, if I need, if I want to correct that, then I need to, I need to correct it you know, within myself first. <sighs> it's so much. Yeah. It's so much, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just remembered. And you talked about this at the beginning, but that school shooting. Oh. And we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but just you're talking about being a parent, and uh, we talk about Utah being such a great place. I don't think we've had any here in Utah, have we? Let's not jinx it, though. No, now. I know. Yeah, I know, right? I know. But, but, but I just want to talk about, real about it for a second, because... Uh, there was a, there's a guy, do you guys follow Sean Whalen? Yeah. You see that post that he put up? Mm-mm. He put a post up this morning or, or yesterday and it said there's 140,000 schools in you, in, in the country. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Damn, that's a lot of schools, 140,000. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he said it would only cost like $9.8 billion or something like that. My math's probably wrong. A year, $9.8 billion a year to put a police officer paid 75,000 a year in the school. And it's only nine point eight billion, and it's like, well, in, I'm, I'm in not every single wrong. school, yeah, uh-huh. per year, and it's like that's not a lot of money, Mm-mm. yeah, yeah. And then he put in there that we just sent like forty billion to yeah. Ukraine. Why can't we invest that money by putting a cop in every school, right, in, in Utah to, to to protect our kids? And we talk about like right now, see, it's the last day of school, mm-hmm. uh, for my kid, and uh, uh, I didn't want to send my son to school, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And uh, I know we sit and talk about how awesome it is to have kids, but I couldn't imagine being in that position that those parents are in right now. I know. You know, it's fucking terrible. That's tragic. That's, like, heartbreaking. I can't even, I can't even imagine if, like, you know, imagine sending your your child to school, like, every day. Like, this person that you protect every single day, you do everything that you can every day to make sure they're eating the right thing, watching the right thing, and, you know, like, wearing the right thing, like, doing the right things, like... And then you send them to school so that they can learn and grow. And then all of a sudden you get a call back and they're gone. Yeah, you don't get to see them again. Yeah, that's some fucking bullshit. This fucking problem needs to be that's addressed. Happening. This needs yeah. to get addressed ASAP. And, and you know, when I was younger and I would hear about stuff like this, it didn't impact me as much, not being a parent. But now that I am and my kids are in school and they're in public school, it just, it, it's, it's fucking frustrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they make it a gun uh, a gun issue, issue. and it, it, yeah, part of it probably is, and part of it probably is a mental health issue. But the other problem is, why are we not protecting the students in the school? Like, right. like, wh- why can't they be part of it? I mean, you, you, like you said, you take all this time, mm-hmm. you invest your whole life in your child, and then you send them off trusting right. that they're going to be taken care of, and then something like that happens. It just makes no fucking sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw that post from, from Sean Whalen and I was like, dude, that makes so much sense. How logical is that? Right. Like, if they don't do something, I mean, I think they should probably close down the fucking schools. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, yeah. cause, I mean, I mean, holy shit. Like, that's how many? 15 kids? 19 kids? Or what what's crazy 14? is you see how many riots and like, you know, like things like that like, that are happening over other things. But like, I haven't heard anything about 
something like this. Oh, like, yeah. There's, there's not yeah. enough outrage. Yeah. You know what? Kids and women are not protected in this country. I'm just going to be real mm. with you. You know, especially in Utah, I think we have the most lenient laws against child abuse mm-hmm. uh, in the country. We yeah. do. And we talk about how great a state Utah is to live. Uh, I mean, I that's, didn't even know that. Yeah, that, that is probably the, the, the worst thing about, about this this state. And you don't hear anything like there, there's no riding in the streets over that mm-hmm. uh, of injustice or inequality here in Utah. And that's why I always say that Utah is such a bubble. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to talk bad about Utah because I love it here. But I'm just saying if something like that were to happen here in Utah, I question whether or not there would be that type of uproar. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Ho- it's hopefully crazy. we never find out, right? Hopefully yeah. we never find out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, hopefully we never find out because some kind of, you know, something is put in place to prevent that from happening. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like having a police officer in every school. Yep. Why don't we start a freaking riot? Let's go yeah. start a riot, yeah. riot like that. Dude. Yeah. Uh, uh, Open a Facebook page. It's fucking frustrating. As a, as a parent, it's, it's absolutely frustrating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, my heart goes out to everybody over there dealing yeah. with that. Well, that's you know heavy I mean? stuff. But something needs to happen, like, sooner rather than later. I mean, there are riots that are happening over people's feelings getting hurt yep. over something. But these are our children's lives that are being lost because something so simple is not put in place as having one police officer in every single school. That's not even costing as much as sending out aid to other countries. Who knows what's going on over there? Like, you know what I mean? So I have three kids, two of them are in school. One of them is four years old. She just turned four uh, this weekend. Happy birthday, Azaline. <laughs> that was fun. We did a little birthday at the house. Just, oh, just we, always, oh, yeah. we always do them really small, you know? Um, but we, uh, uh, anyways, get, getting back to the whole school thing, because I do want to hit on this topic, because I think it's important for people to hear this. Uh, as a parent, go and and my son's a, my son's been to three different schools. We we lived downtown for a while, so he's going to Washington Elementary. Uh, then we moved to Sandy, and he went to a school in Draper for a while, and then we put him in a school right here in Sandy. And uh, I noticed security is kind of it's it makes me nervous because. I look like a weirdo when I go to school sometimes. I'm like just rolled out of bed sometimes and I'll just walk right in the school. Like literally yeah. walk right in and no one says anything yeah. and they'll have a little sign that says all visitors must check in the office, but they don't do anything to stop you from not checking in. Yeah. And sometimes I'll go right to the kid, my son's class or, mm-hmm. or, or my daughter's class and, you know, go see them or if I'm dropping something off or mm-hmm. if he, he forgot his lunch. And in my head, I'm like, these guys don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I just wander right in this school Look how easy yeah. it is. This is in Draper. Th- this is at all three schools. Much everywhere, yeah. Oh, snap. Like, <laughs> it's like what? You've got to go to Bountiful then. Oh yeah. Um, is it different over there? It's different over there. Oh, well, at least the school that my kids are at. They're they go to. Uh, I probably shouldn't say. I don't know who's out there watching <laughs> these videos. <laughs> is, it, is it a private school? No. Oh. But they have like. As you walk in, there's like one door that you can walk in. Every other door is locked at all times, and they're they're like pretty. Th- thick pieces of glass that you know that's on the doors and so the front door that you go through like first there's like cameras everywhere and so you go through that door one of those doors is open that you can go through and then you're in this little room and so you have to press a button um, because there's another set of doors that are like absolutely locked Um, so you press the button there's like a camera in there 
whoever's in the office will kind of speak through that camera and say, hi, how can I help you today? What are you here for? And you kind of let them know. Um, and then if it sounds, you know, like if they recognize you, like you're one of the parents, like, and they take their time to get to know every single parent. Um, if they recognize you and it's a good enough reason to come inside, they unlock one of the doors and one of you, you know, you can come in. Um, and if it's something that you're just dropping something off, okay, we'll just leave it in that basket right there and then we'll come get it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that security is That's pretty good. Idea, good. Yeah. yeah. But there's still like, you know, obviously there's still some, you know, space there where something can happen, but we just hope that something yeah. like that doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the right. subject, but I do think it's important. I, I think you made a good point when you said, uh, we should, we should go and riot. I don't know if a riot's going to solve the problem, but I think at least figuring out, and I think I'm going to do this actually, cause my kids are in school mm -hmm. and that me having that weird feeling was kind of s sketchy. Yeah. Um, but I well, at least it'll create some attention towards that instead of making it a gun issue. Cause yeah. I think a lot of people will, will take the opera, this opportunity to make it yeah, a gun issue. Of course issue. they'll politicize everything. Um, but I'm, I'm just saying, uh, getting to know your, uh, local legislation, you know, and like mm -hmm. figuring out, well, what kind of budget earmarks that they have set towards issues like this? Because I think like like that what I just brought up about schools not being secure, that's probably the first thing they should do is get every school secure where all the doors are locked all the time, where there's a system almost like ring. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that would prevent a certain amount of yeah, that would prevent a, that would prevent a lot of that. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because they don't have that. And and I know Canyon School District doesn't have that. And Canyon School right. District is supposed to be regarded as like one of the best districts, mm -hmm. but they don't have any security stuff like that. My, my, my son's in Canyon School District and you could w walk right into the schools. No problem. Um, so I do think that that should be addressed. But again, you as an individual, as a citizen, as a, as a, a member of society here in Utah, have you a know, voice. you can go to the, the capital. You can talk to your local congressman mm -hmm. and, and figure out, you know what I mean? Like, what is the budget set for towards these types of things? Yeah. And is there one? You know what I mean? And then you can, you know, not riot, but you could probably start a start a petition. Right. You know, and, and it's and easier than it sounds yeah. too. like there are phone numbers. Like if you look up the city council or whatever, there are phone numbers right there. You could call that number and talk to someone. Yeah, like it's it's a lot easier than it sounds. And yeah. I wish I had the phone number right now. I'd, I'd just like state it and then maybe you yeah. could like write it. Oh, it's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I'm probably going to do that actually and just kind of figure out it's, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, going back to you and, and your career, because we talk about Haas and Utah as a state mm -hmm. and, and how cool it is to live here. And I mean, Alan comes from a place that was not so awesome. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> you know where Alan's from? Bo Bosnia. Bosnia right? Yeah. Yeah. You know Alan's story a little bit? Not really. Yeah. No. I, yeah. No. Alan, uh, Alan. You were there for what, two years, three years, what? five? Bosnia? Yeah. Six. Six years? So we yeah. were there. Yeah, I was there. I mean, I moved here when I was six, uh, December 3rd, 1996 is when we moved here. But yeah, we were there. I mean, I was born in 1990 and mm -hmm. then the war began over there. You know, the Yugoslavian war began around 1992 and 93. Mm -hmm. um, then around that time, um, yeah, our whole town was literally just being tanks and everything. It's pretty much like what's going on over there, like in Ukraine. Ukraine. Uh, very, very similar, you know. And then, yeah, we were in a refugee camp for uh, 16 months, actually. Yeah. So we were there and a little, literally sleeping on the floor and everything. And, yeah, then eventually, you know, fortunately, the U.S. and U.N. got involved. And then we just said, hey, get us the hell out of here. Anywhere but here, you know. And um, so, yeah, we ended up coming here. But there was a lot that happened, you know, during that period over there. Like, for example, my grandpa came over to bring us food. Next thing you know, he shot dead right in front of the building. That's literally, that was what life was, you know, during that time. 
And that's why it's so unfortunate what's going on with, you know, Ukraine and Russia right now. I'm like, shit, dude. Like, it's unfortunate how that's mm -hmm. all playing out. Yeah, so many innocent people. Yeah, and... Yeah, but yeah, no, there's quite a bit, yeah. But overall, that's why I've always appreciated everything I have here. Right. And not only Utah, but just in the U.S. I feel like a lot of people don't really realize, you know, what it's like. In a the privilege. Country. Yeah, like, I feel like everybody should go to a different country, you know, especially like a third world country where they don't have a whole lot, mm -hmm. where it'll make them appreciate a lot more what they have here. Right. I remember when I went back, I think it was like 15 or 16 uh, or 17 around there. And at that time, I was just chill, you know, trying to figure out my life in general. And I remember going there for a couple of weeks and then coming back. And I'm like, whoa, like we've got it pretty good here. Mm -hmm. We've got it pretty good. And I think it's extremely important for people to really recognize that and realize right. that, that the opportunities there just come down to you, you know, taking it, mm -hmm. you know. And um, yeah, the way I look at it is sky's the limit. Like I don't have any fear. I don't have any limitations in my mind or anything. I just go because I know I'm going to I'm going to succeed at whatever I do. But you got to have that mindset that you're going to make it. Yeah. You know, there's no other question. It's like, hey, failure is not an option. Mm -hmm. My parents have sacrificed way too damn much to literally be here carrying me while there's bullets flying over them mm -hmm. for them just to have us have a better life working two, three jobs nonstop so that we can have a, a home, have a roof over our heads and food. And I'm like, they did not sacrifice so much for now me or us to be, just have all that go to waste. It's like, okay, let's pick up that torch where they left off and now it's up to us to make a big, to make a huge difference. And I, and I, I hope and I look forward to my daughter and my son now taking over that throne and just making, you know, being the best version of themselves that they can become. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, you talk about, Tonga is Tonga third world? Was it considered third world? Um, probably. Is it is bit. it U.S. territory? No. No. Mm -mm. It's still a kingdom. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's I, I believe it's the only island that is still its own monarchy. Yeah. But yeah, it's not U.S. territory, and um, part of it is because we're considered the friendly islands. We are about to be um, we are about to be U.S. territory uh, territory. Uh, Captain Cook or whatever his name is came to, to Tonga and he was, you know, thinking about taking over the island. But, you know, the king of Tonga at the time, you know, and whoever else was, <laughs> I, I don't know, the like the history, like in so much detail. But generally, I know that like he formed such a friendly relationship with Captain Cook that he was just like, I'm just going to protect this island and you guys just be you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And because like he came to the island and he was just like, you know, he was taken, you know, such good care of like, you know, and that's that's kind of the thing yeah. with uh, Tongan culture is when you come to Donga or when you go to a Tongan house, like it's all has hospitality, yeah. Yeah. you know, from there. Yeah. So that's what he experienced when he came to Donga. So we're still a mon uh, uh, monarchy. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know if it'd be a considered a third world world country there's not a whole lot of development there like the island that i lived on um was uh hapai um in a little village called bangai so bangai hapai is where i lived and it's like this little island and on one side of the island you've got the houses against the beach and then you've got like a little palace there and then you've got your one store um one place called the galapu it's basically a club everyone goes to the, you know dance and everything and everyone, um, and then on the other side of the, basically the rest of the island is everyone, like every clan has their own piece of land. And so they grow crops there. 
And so you just work the land. Um, they call it the bush. Like, so you go into the bush, um, you work the land, you get your crops, and then everyone just like kind of comes together and just creates a whole feast. It's literally paradise. Um, and everyone comes together, they eat together, they cook together, eat together, and then they dance together. And then you're just living the island life. You go, like the kids are just playing on the beach. Sounds so nice. It's so nice. It sounds so nice. I, I have a friend, he's, uh, his, his ex-wife now uh, was, I believe her father was, her, his, her mother was Tongan. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went over there to visit their family. And he's like, damn, man, I would love to own some property out here. Is that, is that possible for non-citizens to own property in Tonga? You know, there's, there's like 170-something islands in Tonga. And only 30-something of them are inhabited. And I probably shouldn't be saying this, but a lot of those islands are for, sh- for sale. Oh, and wow. the last time I checked was like two years ago, and one of um, one of the islands was for sale for like $2 million. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, that's a, one of like my goals is I want to own an island. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? That would be nice. Yeah. And there's like talk that a lot of Australians who like don't have homes and stuff, like they just go hang out at those islands. They take their boat, and then they just like go over to one of the islands, and they just like live there <laughs> how cool would that be huh <laughs> who's that who's that guy yeah. steve conlin you see him yeah he's always island oh, hopping yeah. with his boat he lives mm-hmm. on that, that yeah that uh, guy that owns a uh, five wives uh, yeah vodka. we had yeah. him on the podcast and he he lives that life where he's mm-hmm. posting every day at some random place and people will comment like hey where are you at and he'll say some name and i'm like where the fuck is that yeah. it's some random island he's he just living life right now yeah because oh, yeah. i used to live right by him you know a couple of years I mean, about a year and a half ago that's how we how we linked up, mm-hmm. um, and I know he was always saying like, "Yep, here's my goal. I want to move to San Diego. I want to just get a oh. boat, and I want to just travel." And mm-hmm. that's what he's doing. Yeah. Well, he told us that it was kind of like a warning to us. Yeah. Where he's like, "You guys don't want to do this forever," and he's like, "I have business partners when I joined that were my age, and he was probably in his sixties, yeah, fifties, sixties, probably fifties, yeah." And he's been growing the company since early two thousand, so. You think 20 something years later they're probably in their 80s and he was like they're still working and he's like no i'm getting the hell out and so he he, i I believe he retired and i think he sold his shares didn't he yeah he he had a he had a buyout i'm not sure yeah i think he's still either way but good good for him and i think that'd be the most amazing life to be able to just travel island to island Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and uh live that uh maui and moana life (laughs) how how badass would that be yeah so are you planning on going back anytime soon oh i would love to I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. I would love to do that. I I would be nervous too, kind of like intimidated too, because uh, the Tongan language was my first language. So when I left, I that was the most that I knew was Tongan. But if I went back over there, I, I wouldn't be able to communicate very well with my family really? out there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Unless I took like one of my older siblings with me, then then yeah. But I don't, I don't, I'm not ready yet. I'm yeah. not ready yet. Yeah. I want to though. Yeah. It definitely calls my name. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, uh, I thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy we got to know a little bit about you. And uh, I really look forward to working with you, obviously, in the future. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, so what are your plans? Before you go, what are your plans? What are your goals? Let's, let's hear it so we can look back on this. What are my goals? What, what do you want to be at in six months? In six months? In six months. What do you want to be at? Okay, six months. Um, we're going to be at the end of the year. So by then, I want to have made two to three deals a month, at okay. least. At least. Um, and so that should be like around 200,000 for the year. Yeah. I know that's a small number for a lot of you and you guys, (laughs) but, but you know, I'm I'm still kind of, you know, starting off and getting the ball rolling and everything. So that's, that snowball is getting bigger. 
not quite there yet, but two hundred thousand is my yeah, but goal two, for the but end two, of the year. But two hundred is a good start. Yeah, yeah. it's not it's a, a bad start one. at all. Yeah. It's, right. a, it's a good target. That's why I love yep. the fact that you have a target, mm -hmm. and then you can break it down and go, okay, cool. I want to make two hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. Here's how many months I have left. I have six, seven months left, and then divide that. How many deals do I need to do every month in order mm -hmm. to achieve that goal? If my average commission is X amount, right? And then just break it down and go, okay, cool. I need to do at least three this month, or two, or one, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Break it down. Yeah. Next thing you know. December will roll around and you're like, oh shit, I hit my goal. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just yeah. how it works. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're surrounded by great people. Jen is 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 such an amazing mentor. Yeah. Um but she's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Get get to get to know her process or strategy because she prospects, mm -hmm. right? But she also adds the other um marketing pieces into it you know yeah, she's right. out knocking doors you went with her knocking doors yeah. um so she's hustling she's a hustler she's hungry right. and she's crushing it she's doing a lot more than two hundred thousand. Yeah, easy mm -hmm. and i don't want to share her business out there too much but just if we're talking goals i mean she was speaking these numbers before mm -hmm. like how right. we are now and now she's i remember hitting that them. yeah yeah and, yeah, and now yeah, she's dude. hitting them so uh it's pretty cool to see so i'm really happy that's a good goal mm -hmm. damn good goal to start you're definitely in the right place to do that here at the brokerage and, and with us and uh, like I said, I really look forward to producing content with you because you're really good on camera. And I Thank like that. It's very, rare. Yeah. <laughs> it's very rare. We had Quincy's amazing on camera, too. Mm -hmm. That girl is a freaking boss on camera. Yeah. But she is living the good life. <laughs> yeah. Traveling on vacation, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Billy and Quincy. But uh, yeah, so I really like that that you're able to do that because we're going to be doing a ton of media here in, in the future. I'm excited. So, awesome. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Michelle. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, thank you. And, guys. Uh, thank you. Let's do another one uh, next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I think I'm playing chess, I see a king, I'm at his neck I'm three steps ahead of every move, now that's a check Yes, they wanna know my secret, it's because I never slept All my nightmares of me at 40